0: You are listening to the Awaken Macadish Podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I invite you, if you have a copy of the Bible, to turn to Philippians chapter 1. If you don't, that's okay. It'll come up on the screen. And I'll give you just a second to, to check that out if you have it or an app on your phone or tablet. It's what a lot of people do these days. Philippians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, or they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains even more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached. Either way, so I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. May the Lord help us with understanding. As we uh, dig deeper into this passage this morning, you can be seated. Thanks for your attentiveness there. Though. That's a little bit lengthier than we usually read at one time at awaken, but we are starting the day kind of going through this this letter called Philippians in the Bible. So we're going to get a brighter, like wider view of this. And uh, so, kind of our theme, our uh, our if we have one for this series for the next four weeks, is panorama. So we have a picture of what a panorama is, and there's the riverbank before. The construction that they built uh, this is a few years ago this is actually about three years ago when we first moved here before they started and built the the pavilion and all the cool stuff that's over there the river walk and all that which is fun and great but there's this beautiful panorama picture and you guys I'm sure you're familiar with what a panorama is it's like instead of just seeing what's right in front of you in a picture you get to see what's to the to your right to your left and you get a wider view. And so the idea is we want to go through Philippians for the next few weeks and just get a wider view, a broader view of how things are to get a better perspective. It's really all about perspective. Now, for those who are not, uh, this may be your first time at Awaken, a lot of times we'll have like, conversations. So feel free to, to converse with me, especially when I ask a question like this. In what areas of life is it beneficial to get a different perspective from time to time? Think about all the areas of life. Where, where are some areas where it's good from time to time to get a different perspective? I'll start because for me it's finances. When I get a, a different perspective on finances, that's I, that's me because I'm not I'm not super great at figuring that out. So my wife and I together make a good team. And often I'll share somebody share with somebody like here's a financial thing I'm facing, and they'll give me a different perspective on it, and it really helps out a lot. So finances is one. What else you had you were going to say? Something. The doctor, the doctor? Yeah. man, yeah, fits up physically. Or maybe even emotionally, mentally, um, I go to all those kind of doctors when I need to, <laughs> and so it's good to get that different perspective for them. Sure, what else? Anybody else? When you have a big decision to make, yeah, when you have a big decision to make, it's good to go to somebody, maybe somebody that you would consider wiser, or that's been there before, down the road a little bit further than you, and get a different perspective. Good. Anything else? Probably from time to time, there's probably all kinds of areas of life where we find, hey, you know what? We need a different perspective. So, in this new series, we're beginning uh, today. We're going to this ancient letter in the found in the New Testament called Philippians, because it's written to as we read to this group of people, the church at the place called Philippi. Now, Philippians was written by this follower of Jesus named Paul and his assistant Timothy, and it was written uh, to this church he had planted in about fifty two or so A.D. So if you're doing the math, less than 20 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, this church had been planted. So this is a pretty new, fresh. The whole message of Jesus is still fresh, less than 20 years old, and this is a brand new church. So he writes this letter about 10 years later after he had planted it. So about 62 AD, he writes this in response to them because they had sent him a significant love offering, apparently. He, the, the letter uh, like talks about this offering they had sent to him. And so apparently they had hey, they'd sent him this, this significant offering, so he writes to them in response. So as we go through this, Philippians, over the next few weeks, we're going to see that there's an unmistakable joy that kind of rises um, throughout the text as we read this as the theme of the letter because the word joy or the word rejoice is repeated like 19 times. For us, it wasn't broken down in chapters, but for us it's like four chapters And in four chapters, like 19 times, the word joy or rejoice comes into play here. So we'll see there's this massive joy coming from this guy, Paul, who, when we really understand his circumstances, seems to not really have reason to be joyful at all. Because the key is perspective. We're talking about our perspective, and his perspective is going to help us see some different uh, things, maybe some things we go through in a different light. Because I love how we can find out something that totally changes our perspective. Because when I read this scripture and I understand the perspective, it totally changes a few things. Because important piece of information, Paul wrote this while he's under arrest. He's in prison. He's actually under what's called house arrest. But he's, for for 24 hours a day, chained to a Roman guard. And he's in prison. And it says, in in, if you read in a book called Acts in the Bible, Acts chapter 28 says he was under house arrest in Rome for about two years. And in this time, he wrote some of these letters. And what was his crime? (laughs) This is what gets me, because we live in America where you're free to, you know, say and teach and freedom of religion and all this. His crime was he was teaching people about Jesus, that Jesus was the Messiah. He said, Jesus is the Lord. The resurrection happened. He was teaching the Jews, Jesus is the Messiah you're looking for. He's teaching the Gentiles, which, by the way, is everybody who wasn't Jews. And he's teaching them, Jesus is the light in the darkness. Everything you're following is darkness and Jesus is light. And so he is, that's why he's arrested. He's arrested because he's telling them there's this good news. Jesus loves you. And apparently that was illegal. So we get this letter of Philippians, and we're going to dig deeper into this chapter this morning with this big idea. With a change of perspective, you see God can give you joy no matter what. That's the big idea we're going to build on. With a change of perspective, we'll see that God can give you joy no matter what. Now, building on that foundation, there's like three things I want to spend a few three thoughts I want to spend some time in. The first one is this. No matter what, we all have a why. No matter what is going on, no matter what is happening, we all have the question, why? So whatever your what, (laughs) you probably have that why going on. I remember for myself, I've done this over and over again. And it's not like my kids, my kids come to me with why questions all the time. I have three boys, one who's an adult, and two who are, one's nine and one's about to be eight. And they have that why all the time, why? You know, it doesn't matter. It's like, we're, gonna, we're going to get in the car. Why? Go clean your room. Why? You, got, you know, sit down. We're having dinner. Why? I mean, it's just, uh, you should know why. We want to eat dinner. And, and so we have that. But there's also the why questions we have. Of why does things have to be this way right now? Why am I going through this? Why did this happen? Why? And for me, it really came to light. And after my first um, well, I was, I was actually in college getting my degree. I have a degree of pastoral ministry from, we call it MACU, M-A-C-U, Mid-America Christian University in Oklahoma City. And so I got, was working on my degree there, I was married and working, and, and I had worked in Bosier City at a place called, you guys don't know what this is, but it's called Blockbuster Music. <laughs> now there was a Blockbuster video and you guys may have remembered, like you may have heard legends of Blockbuster Video. We've got lots of young people here this morning. So, you've heard the legends of Blockbuster Video. But Blockbuster also had a music chain, and the music chain sold CDs, And cassettes you probably do you know what cassettes are am i I talking (laughs) about you guys know what cassettes are okay so that's what we sold and i was i had worked up to be an assistant manager at a store in bozier city i said stores in shreveport we lived in bozier and then we i like i got to go back to school i'm going to get my degree i'm going to become a pastor or minister and i'm going to work towards that so we transferred to oklahoma city and i transferred the job as an assistant manager with this 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 uh chain and when I got there, like, I was there for a while, and I'm going to school full-time, I'm working full-time, and I'm burning out, and I'm tired, and I'm just like, I wish things could be different. I mean, I wish I could just go ahead and do this already. I wish I could just, like, skip all this and just be a pastor. Just just go and be a youth pastor or be something, you know. I wish I could just skip all this. Or maybe I wish I could work in the church while I'm in school to get my degree. I mean, I'm, just, I'm tired of working in the retail business and trying to focus on this because there's a lot, a lot of work full-time both and uh, the door opened to become a custodian at the church we're attending chartel church of god in oklahoma city and i'm like okay i applied for that they said yep it's full a full-time job still but i could work around my school schedule same as i could with the other job but it was not retail it was it, it was like working in the church and i was pretty excited for the change but after a while about six months of that I began, it began to just sink into me. Why can't things be different? This is this is not a job for me. This is, and i you know, it's not because I don't like cleaning toilets. Who does like cleaning toilets? It just was not, it wasn't connecting with me. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll go put my application back over at Blockbuster Music and see if they'll hire me. Well, they had changed managers in the meantime, so a different store manager who didn't know me, but the district manager knew me and the district manager reminded me. Uh, rem- remembered me, which is why I to encourage my kids to have a good work ethic because the district manager told the store manager, you hire this guy and immediately put him in as assistant manager. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. I felt good you know, about my reputation. But again, I was just there for a little while and I'm like, why can't things be different? why does it matter in that situation it didn't matter what what i ended up doing i just wasn't happy and i just kept wondering why and maybe you've been similar situation where no matter what you did which way you went you're like why can't things be different And if we're being honest you don't have to answer this one by the way do you have something in your life right now that you wish could be different chances are most of us if not even all of us no matter what season of life we're in, we probably have that, maybe even this that one place, maybe it's not even something major, but just one area of life we're like, I really wish that, why can't that be different right now? Because when you're young, we want to be older. (laughs) And as we get older, we want to be younger. And we all like, we get that when we have, I wish I had a different job. I I wish I could live somewhere else. I wonder how many times I've said that and heard that. And I'm like, I've lived in the most beautiful places in this. I lived in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and now Natchitoches, Louisiana. Beautiful places. And sometimes it's just like, why can't I live somewhere else? It's like, these places are awesome. They're beautiful. Enjoy them. I wish I had different friends. Maybe we said that. Wish I, I wish I had a you know, different house or different housing situation. I've heard that a lot in Natchitoches, with just with, been working with college students so much. I wish we had a different housing situation. or Maybe it's like, well, I wish I'd gone to a different church today. I don't know. Where, whatever. Um, but we look at our lives sometimes, and we think, why? Why can't things be different? And so we all have the what that we're going through, but we don't understand the Why? There's a what. This is what's going on in my life, and I don't understand why it's not different. So we get into Philippians, and Philippians starts out, When I pray, I make my request for all of you, talking to the people he's writing to, uh, with joy. And, And I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue until it's complete. You share the favor of God with me in my imprisonment and confirming the truth about Jesus. So for Paul, the writer of this, life is hard. And he's found a way in the midst of life being really hard to find, to have joy. He's found a way to have joy in the midst of this. And I think the key may be in asking the right questions. Instead of asking why, how about we ask a new question and ask now what? Instead of asking why, maybe we should ask now what. Say now what. Now what. Now what. Now what? Like, I don't understand what's going on, God. But instead of asking why, I'm going to trust you and ask, now what? Okay, this is going on. I'm just going to trust you and say, now what? What do you want to show me? What Now what do you want to do in me? Now what do you want to do through me because of what, what's going on here? So we see in, in verse 12, this is kind of what's happening. It says, everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news it looks bad he's like i know it looks bad and you're saying you know uh, i'm not asking why me lord paul is saying i'm i'm saying what now lord i'm not saying why me but i'm saying what now what can we do now and he says we are spreading the good news so this word spread this is originally written in greek and the greek word is the same word translated as advance it's a military term it's like we're here to advance spread the gospel and so it's a military term. It literally means soldiers that are moving, a group moving forward. And they, their job is to clear obstacles out of the way. He's like, this is what we're doing. We are advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are moving forward like soldiers, just moving obstacles out of the way. God has a way of doing that. God has a way of moving obstacles and turning them into opportunities to show, him, show who he is. I mean, that's what he does. He takes our obstacles, and he turns them into opportunities to show himself, to show his love, to show his grace, to show his mercy, to show his power. He does this. You may not see it at the time, but God will give you a different perspective. Because for me, I still sometimes, when I'm facing obstacles, I don't understand the opportunity until afterwards. But my hindsight, because now I've got a broader perspective, I've seen it every single time. There's been obstacles in my life, and I look back and go, there was an opportunity there for God to show himself, and he did. So I'm going to trust him with this next, next obstacle. That's the point. Verse 13, he says, As a result, it became clear that the palace guards and everyone else that I'm here in chains for Christ. Paul says, you say I'm chained down and I can't tell others about Jesus anymore, but you forgot who I'm chained to. You forgot who I'm chained to. Because we're reading through the the story that's in Acts of the Apostles that that tells about the time when he was, what he was going through as he wrote this. He's chained to four different Roman guards every day because they changed the guard every six hours. Every six hours a new guard would come in and he would be chained to them. And Paul's a captive with a captive audience. I mean... He's, he's just telling them all about Jesus for six hours. I mean, I just think, man, he's, all he wants to do is tell somebody about Jesus. And he's got these Roman guys, these guard, palace guards chained to him. They can't go anywhere. He gets to tell them all about who Jesus is, this imperial guard. They're hearing all about Jesus. Jesus says to Paul, maybe even to us, your prison will become your pulpit. Maybe that's his message for some of us. He's like, whatever you feel like you're in chains, whatever you feel like is your prison, maybe that's going to be your pulpit. God's going to turn your obstacles into opportunities. He wants to give you a different perspective so that you see your misery may become your ministry. This is what God does. And right now, you may be going through something difficult, and God says, this is a test, and your test today will be your testimony tomorrow. That's been my experience over and over again. The test you're going through today is going to be your testimony tomorrow. No matter what we go through, we all have that why. We all have the question why. So we're all fine, like no matter what our different circumstances are, we have a common ground of going, we wonder why. Now we're trying to think about let's just ask this better question. Now what? So God always has a why behind the what. That's the next kind of thought I want to sit in. God always has a why behind the what. Paul was in prison. He's under house arrest. He's in, in Rome. It's the capital of the empire. That's the what, but most of us would be thinking, sheesh God, I'm thinking, I'm a, Paul's a church planter, and I'm thinking, I'm out here busting my hump, planting churches for you, I've been doing it for at least 10 years now, and now, I mean, this is the thanks I get, I mean, I'm trying to, all I'm doing is telling people Jesus loves you, and I'm, I'm chained up, I'm in jail, I'm actually about to face a trial, and I could be given a death sentence, really God, this is what I get, for working hard, for struggling hard, for, for living for you and for, for being your preacher, for being your man. But Paul knew God had a why behind the what. While being chained to soldiers, the palace guard, he's able to share Jesus with them when he otherwise wouldn't have a chance. And if he comes into to Rome in any other way, he's not going to get a chance to speak to these particular people, this, these Roman guard, these influential people. So how does it make you feel to know that God always has a why behind your what? And for me it's a, it's been a, a process, it's been a journey of learning. And and when I get to this this point, I'm like, there's a piece. When I go through these what, whatever the what is, the circumstances, and there's been some tough ones and some rough ones, you still have grief and you still think you still are like you're not happy. It happens, but there's still a peace that comes when you understand that God has a why behind the why. In verse 15, Paul shifts is addressing some issue uh, about some of the believers are having. He says, "Some it's true. Some preach out of jealousy and rivalry. When others with pure motives. Some love me. Some make my chains more painful. Man, I know how that feels. I got you know friends. I'm on Facebook like everybody else. I've got some people who just, oh, I love you. You're so you're such an inspiration. And I have got other people who'll just say." I'm a dirty dog and that's just nice things they would say you know, they say bad things like, like people will do that right and they do that in not just social media land which is so easy to do these days but they do it for like for you know real life i mean in real time people will do this they will they will hurt you hurt your feelings with their words and paul is facing this is what he's going through and he says verse 18 that doesn't matter some of them have pure motives. Some of them don't. Some of them are out jealousy. Some of them are just happy that I'm in jail so they get a chance to speak publicly. They just want the spotlight. And you know what? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message of Jesus is preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. I don't like false preachers, and I don't like people that that are, get rich schemes with the ministry. Because trust me, it's not a you have to be a schemer to get rich in this thing. <laughs> And I don't don't like that, but I'm not going to sit here and bash somebody because, like Paul says, it doesn't matter whether they're genuine or not. The message about Jesus is getting out there, and I'm rejoicing about that. Somebody somewhere is hearing this good news. That's what matters the most. He basically says, so what? So we have to question, okay, instead of asking why, I'm going to ask now what? Maybe the other question we should ask is, so what? So what? Eventually, we get to the place where we can answer a lot of things we face with so what? So what? Does all this really matter? Does what so-and-so said about you on Facebook really matter? Does, you know, does the deal that your boss did and it hurt your feelings, does that really matter? I mean, what really matters? And I get, you know, I get upset about things on Facebook and go on and on, I could like to call it rant. I love Facebook rants. I have one friend that rants all the time. Now he's like, he discovered Facebook Live. Oh man. And I just laugh. He's all being mad and angry and I'm amused and <laughs> it's funny. And we and we do this and, and we get on there and we and we can rant and, and uh, things that annoy us and, and, and think about gossip and we can or we can have a pity party for ourselves and or for our friends and does it doesn't matter? I like to think this way and I'm learning guys, I don't have this I don't have this down path. This is what I'm learning though. I'm learning to ask the question, does this matter a year from now? Does this matter five years from now or 10 years from now? How about 100 years from now? Will this thing that's potentially just wrecking my world right now, does it matter next year or does it matter in 100 years? And if it doesn't matter then, well then I don't need to let it matter so much now. So what? It helps me not focus so much on what's not important and leaves me free to focus more on what is important. My God, my relationship with him, my, my family, my boys, my wife, the church plant. I mean, these are, these are things that need your attention. And when other things distract you from that, you can't focus on what's most important in your life. Recognizing that something is not a big deal changes your perspective. So you can focus on the things that do matter. Like when you recognize what doesn't matter, you can focus on what does matter. And I love that. Because what does matter? Well God I mean we're we're church so we have to give the church the answer. No but it's true though. God matters a lot. Where you spend eternity matters a lot. How you spend your now, your present matters a lot. How you use the gifts that God's given you to be the difference in this community. It matters. Knowing the difference between what really matters and what doesn't really matter is it awakens freedom in us. There's a always something awakening in us and God wants to awaken freedom in us and one of the ways he does that is he gives us a different perspective and we get a broader view of the things we go through and we get to see life from his perspective and go you know what there's some things that really matter and I need to be concerned about those things but there's a lot of other things that really really don't and I need to let those go so that I can really focus on the things that do matter and there's freedom in that and God wants to awaken that in us no matter what we go through, we all tend to ask why. God always has a why behind every what. And here's the kicker. Here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Here's like the, the last, like take it home. You don't have to understand the why to trust God in the what. That's where we get hung up. As soon as I can understand why I'm going through this, I'll be able to trust God. No, you don't have to trust God. Uh, you have to understand the why to trust God with the what. You don't have to in our ministry we had a time I was five and a half years in my first position I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma and I went through a depression I also there were some things said about me that weren't true and then there were some some other things done and ended up like leaving this church under bad circumstances and and I was I was hurt at first I was angry I got over the anger pretty quick but I was still hurt and I kind of moved on I worked in the school system for nine months and got you know God brought some healing and restoration I went to another church but I, the whole time uh, this was going on I was like you know why 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 would the people that I loved like I actually I actually sacrificed family time to be with their families how could they do this to me and my family And I wrestled with that. We went to Florida and became an associate pastor of a church in South Florida. And there was great healing during that time that took place in my life and in my family. And even though I didn't understand why this was all happening, I began to go, I can trust God with the what. I don't understand why. I still don't understand why. I still don't understand why this happens. In churches. No, the easy answer is well, the people, people are in churches, and some people are just rude and obnoxious, and some people hurt other people's feelings. And that's just the, that's the easy answer, and probably the true answer, but that's not the real why. Instead of trying to figure out why these things happen in churches, or in life, or in businesses, or in families, I want to trust God no matter what is going on. Do you trust God without having to understand why things are the way they are? He begins to wrap this up in verse 21, at least for today, is uh, one of the most radical statements in all of the scriptures. He says, For me, living, uh, living means living for Christ, but even dying is better. He's saying, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I mean, that's a pretty radical statement. I mean, if I'm going to live, it's going to be to the glory of God. It's going to be, Jesus is going to be the subject if I, if I live. And if I die, that's even better. That's, that's gain there, that's, that's the win and I'm like that's pretty intense, I mean, that's, that's a savage way to live <laughs> essentially Paul is on death row and he writes for me to live is, is Christ and to die it means to be in his presence, the worst thing they can do is kill me, guess what that's even better because I know where I'm going, that's, that's Paul's perspective on this and I'm learning man. I want, I want that perspective on this if the worst thing they can do to me in this life is to kill me now, I'm not, I don't want somebody to kill me. <laughs> but that's, that means being in the presence of Christ and for all eternity. Paul had learned this that you don't have to understand the why to trust God in the what. An ancient Hebrew proverb, found in Proverbs 3 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That's life verse stuff right there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. So something happens and we don't understand why. Okay, now what? God, what do you want to do in me? What, what do you want to show me? What do you want to do through me? What do I need to do here? What's the takeaway? And also, so what? So what? The worst could happen if they could kill me? They must not know where I'm headed. I want to be like Paul. They must not know where I'm going. Change of perspective changes everything. So here at Awaken, one thing we like to do every week is kind of say, what's the next step for you? Um, and we get some, sometimes there's some clear next steps. I mean, practically next steps. I think in this moment, it's like the next step for for us is, is to pray and see where in the world am I at with this thing? This trust deal. Trusting God with the, the why, no matter what the what is. So our prayer could be, you know what? I, first thing I need to do is, is, is I'm just checking all this out, but I'm not like Paul. I mean I I, I'm not trusting Jesus like for salvation, like like for eternal life. Maybe that's your next step. Your next step could be like like this is it. Like this is my this is my time. I've been been really wrestling with questions about life and heaven and hell and all these questions And, and what I really know is like I don't have it all figured out, but I want this life. I want this hope that's in this. And Jesus is this hope. So your next step may be to just say, you know what, when we sing a song in a minute? God, I want to be your follower. I want to be your kid. I want to be your, I want to be, I want you to be my father, God, not just be some higher power. And I want to live for you. And I want to accept Jesus into my life and begin that journey. That, maybe that's your next step. Maybe you've done that already. And a lot of times when we have, you know, a, a group that comes together in the summer. Most of the time, most people who are Christians come together and worship, and they already made that decision because everybody else is out at the lake. That's okay. <laughs> But maybe you've done that. You just need to trust Jesus with your circumstance. Maybe your next step is to literally write down, I'm facing this situation. I have this circumstance, and I need to really, I've got to trust Jesus with this because I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I am burn out with it. Maybe your next step is something else, and that's between you and God. But it's a matter of prayer. So as we sing this song, that the guys are going to come and lead us in, kind of singing. The song is like Cornerstone, right? It's about how Jesus is the solid rock. That we can build our lives on. It's like, and it's based off this old ancient hymn called "The Solid Rock," and um, it's it's got like the for me like like life verses of, of the song. It's my favorite ancient hymn, "The Solid Rock." And it's like my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, and that's where I want all of us to have our hope built on. So God, we love you. And thank you for this day. We thank you for this ancient letter that um, part of it is still just like culturally. We got to dig and and understand history to to figure out some of it. But Lord, ultimately we see that you have some eternal principles in here that makes this not just another ancient letter. That there is actually, this is the word of God. This speaks to us um, fresh and new. And it's all about perspective. This guy writing this thousands of years ago now was in jail Basically on death row, he was waiting, a a, 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 waiting a, a a jury to say whether he could live or die. And he's writing about having joy. God give us that kind of perspective that no matter what our circumstances here are, that we would trust you enough to have that kind of joy, be able to rejoice because it's an opportunity, that obstacle would become an opportunity to give you glory that you will show yourself in some way. And Lord, I don't know what, what anybody's facing in this room this morning except for me and my family. But Lord, I do know that you're the God who knows and you understand. And so I pray that we would, each of us, take that next step and bring it to you, Lord. And trust you. And if there's anyone that hasn't, my prayer would be that we would trust you with that step of salvation. That step that would say, Yes, Jesus, I want to live for you. And as we do that, Lord, I believe you'll fill us with that joy that you talk about in in the scriptures. Thank you, God, for your love, for your acceptance. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your peace. Thank you so much, Jesus, for being our Savior, Lord, and friend. God, I love you. We love you. May our song we sing be an expression of that love for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.